tuning in with Care Asia, bringing human stories to life. Hey everyone, it's Emily, one of your hosts for the Tuning In podcast. I got to speak with Tamana, who had built up one of India's largest parenting community called Baby Destination. It hosts 2 million mothers across 28 communities, and she did this all organically. Last year, she decided to productize her learnings from building a massive community, and she founded ConvoSite, a platform that helps brands engage and connect with communities. Basically, it allows them to monetize and scale quickly. Currently, ConvoSite is being used by more than 5,000 communities digitally. Why are communities important, and why do we even care? Well, the thing is, people have begun to join communities, especially during COVID, to interact, discuss, and create discourse around certain products or brands that they want to buy from, or even in certain topic areas such as parenting, sports, fitness, and food. With Tamana, we talk about what a genuine community looks like, how community managers are coming out of the passion economy, and how communities can stay sustainable long-term. Thank you so much, Tamana, for being here on Kraja's Tuning In podcast. I think there's a lot for us to cover, especially around how you know you started from the beginning of building one of India's largest parenting communities. For those tuning in, it's called Baby Destination with you know roughly 2 million mothers across 28 communities, which is a large scale community. Um, so thanks again for being here. And let's kind of dive into more of how you grew the community for Baby Destination first, and then we'll dive more into Conversate. Sure. Hey, uh, thanks, Emily. Thanks for having me. Uh, Excited to be talking to you and sharing our journey. So Baby Destination started out of a personal need. My background is very different. I used to work in finance in New York. And when I became a mother, I had this idea of starting a platform like Reddit for moms. And it came out of uh, personal need because I realized there's always a lot of information that was thrown at me, but, you know, not enough people I could interact with and get advice who I felt like are, you know, have gone through the same pain points. So that's how the idea of Baby Destination really started. Um, I moved back to India and decided to build this Reddit-like platform. However, after doing our initial research and, you know, talking to mothers and realizing where they're spending most of their time, we decided to build these communities on Facebook. So rather than building a separate platform, decided to build it on Facebook groups. And the core sort of insight there was that communities are uh, thrive when there's trust. So trust is like sort of the biggest truth in a community and trust gets fostered by frequent, meaningful interactions. And there's no better platform than Facebook to enable that. So that's the reason we picked Facebook groups as the platform to build our communities. And then, you know, we just started building. We always knew it'll be a network of communities because parenting is a very large subject. So within parenting, you know, you could be concerned about your child's nutrition or how to breastfeed or, you know, the fact that your child is not gaining weight or gets sick too often. So these are all sort of different pain points. And for every life stage, you know, you have different set of questions. So we had a structure in mind where we knew we would segment the communities, basis pain points and life stage. So that is why we have close to 30 communities. And we actually also have hundreds of WhatsApp communities. So yeah, that's sort of how the journey started with Baby Destination. 
Gotcha. So again, that's amazing that, you know, you've grown such a large community. I think for some people, when they think of community, they think of like a group of people, right? But obviously it's just way more. There's more to that definition. In a nutshell, like what is your personal definition of a community and why is it so important for people to actually belong to one? So that's a very interesting question. I think if we Google the definition of community, it's a group of people, it's a tribe of people who are connected by a common purpose. It could be anything. It could be a hobby that connects us. It could be a problem that we're you know, going through, which connects us. Um, it could be a passion, something we're passionate about. And that's really, you know, so, so the fundamental, like I said, the one thing which exists in a community or a group of people, which we call a community is trust and a connection. So when you connect with someone is when you can talk about, you know, what you really care about, what you feel about, when you give your recommendations to someone, when you give your advice to someone, and it's that connect that needs to happen for a group of people to be called a community or a tribe. If we think about when we were not online, communities have always existed, right? We've always as human beings existed in offline communities. The only difference is now it's come online. So yeah, for me, connection is the most important thing in a community. No, I think that's great. And I think especially with COVID happening, you see a lot of more organic communities pop up because there is that feeling of isolation because we can't meet in person. So you have people joining interest groups. And in a way, I think it's fascinating because you start meeting people from across the world online because you're part of the same community. So thanks for sharing your insight on the definition of what a community is. So I think we can also discuss more about Convo site now. So again, like for me, I come from a community background. So I think it's great that what Convo site is doing, which is essentially being able to allow community entrepreneurs monetize their platform so that it becomes a sustainable business. But I'll let you give more context on you know, what Convo site is and what problem you're trying to solve. Sure. So it's very interesting. Our journey from baby desk. Sorry, for a second. <laughs> okay. Is that your kid? Or... Yeah, 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 he wanted to show me something he did. So. <laughs> yeah. I do a drawing of Tardigrade. <laughs> Hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Trishan, for understanding. Okay. Shh. Just close the door, Karan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Do you want to ask me the question again? Yeah, no worries. The question was just, you know, how did Convo site start after, you know, you've built up this massive community baby destination and what problem are you trying to solve? Sure. So our journey has been very, very interesting. While we were building baby destination, so baby destination started in July, 2017, and we were building communities, just, you know, scaling them around different pain points. As we were building these communities, we started building tools just for day-to-day community management, for, you know, tracking growth, to tap into insights from conversations, to for spam control, etc. So that's the way we were scaling, building more communities. And then we had these tools to manage the communities and also tap into insights. And that's also the time we started monetizing, you know, by partnering with certain brands. And these were brands that were relevant to those communities, you know, where the conversations related to those brands or products were already happening. So we were sort of experimenting around how can we add value to brands through insights, as well as them engaging meaningfully through these members and communities. And then something very interesting happened. We got selected by Facebook for a program called Facebook Community Leadership Program where they selected 100 community leaders, as they call it, from across the globe, 
who were building, um, you know, large, uh, meaningful communities that had massive impact. And that program, you know, so of course, we were very excited. We got selected as one of those 100 people. And as a part of the program, we got some grant funding. There was a structured curriculum that they took us through. And there were several in-person interactions. And in that's where we sort of, you know... It, There was a lot of realizations that I had when I met those other amazing individuals. The biggest one was that most of them were not in a position to sustain their communities. And what really hit me was that if these hundred people who Facebook considers either the largest or most impactful and sort of their power users, power community builders, who've pretty much dedicated their life to building these communities, if they're not able to monetize and sustain these communities, imagine the plight of millions of others who are building communities. And that was sort of the aha moment where we said that, why don't we use everything that we had built for baby destination groups, put them onto a platform, enable and empower these admins to build thriving communities and to monetize them. And that's really how the idea of Conversite was born. So it's all thanks to being selected in that program, interacting with those community leaders. So in mid 2019, is when the idea came to us. And then there was no looking back, like lots of sleepless nights trying to figure out how to do it, you know, how to just bring this to life. And then we launched Conversite in January 2020. And we're the world's first sort of community management and marketing platform, which enables Facebook group admins specifically to build and monetize uh, thriving communities. I think that's great. Definitely. I think it's come full circle for you, right? Starting from growing your own community on Facebook and then realizing that there's a gap and a need to solve because you're right in that sense. I think most community managers, you know, the ones that do it for free and they run their own communities, it's basically volunteering their own time. These are extra hours that they're putting in. And it's hard when you have like one admin running, you know, like let's say like, you know, a couple hundred thousand people and they have to manage spam and threads and engagement, things like that. So I think one other thing that we discussed last time too was more about like community management. So for ConvoSite, how do you want to better equip community managers to like run their communities? Obviously they have the option to like monetize the community, but do you also offer any like resources or curriculum to help them manage their communities better? Yes, yes, definitely. So one of sort of the biggest things was that We wanted to enable them with tools, resources, and support to become more professional, right? So the first step towards monetization and creating this whole sort of, you know, call it community creator economy is professionalizing them, right? Because a number of them, like you said, are individuals, whether they're doing it full-time or part-time. So the way that we support them is first through our product, right? Product itself. So on Conversite, there's a number of tools that admins use. So as we speak, there's about 35,000 groups that have installed Conversite with about 115 million managed members. So for all of these groups, there is a bunch of tools that we have, which enables them to do very effective spam control. There's a smart content scheduler where you get scheduling options, recommendations on what to post, when to post, and then tracking ability. So the entire workflow is automated. Every morning, you get a notification on WhatsApp and an email on the tasks to do today. It's like really streamlining and prioritizing their core actions based on the insights we get from their community. So that entire toolkit is what we provide. And once an admin installs Conversite, they start using this to manage their community better in much lesser time. 
and leading to more engagement because of all the smart recommendations. In addition, we also do webinars and workshops for community admins. We've done about 60 of those, you know, just last year, you know, demos and webinars, both on community management, how to grow your community, how to monetize your community. And then we actually have a team in-house. It's called the community success team. So we also take, uh, you know, any questions that come, that team just takes those questions through the product or when they reach out. And needless to say, we have a community of community admins. So that community is called Growth and Monetization for Facebook group admins. We have about 1,500 admins there. It's on Facebook. So there's constant queries there and, you know, we're constantly there to resolve them. No, I think that's great. I think it's also fascinating to know that, yeah, there are communities for community managers as well. Uh, There's always like a need. I think as long as there's like a problem to solve, there can be a community around it, right? Uh, Because there's a sharing of information, resources, So I know you work with a lot of communities probably around the world because you're a very global company. Um, Can you give an example of a community that you currently work with right now that, you know, they're also working on the site and how has it been successfully um, ran and how are they monetizing? Sure. So actually, let me take the example of one of the communities that installed Converseite pretty much around the time that we launched. And in fact, before we launched in January, in last quarter of 2019, we did like a closed beta with a certain set of communities, you know, and a few brands, and they were a part of that as well. It's a parenting community in India. It's called Parenting Mom Style. And I remember like, you know, when they installed Converseite, when they started working with us, it was about 25,000 members, which is, you know, it was very engaged, but it's modest for India because India's population is so big. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm just amazed to see how their growth has been, both in terms of, you know, the number of members in their community, where they've more than doubled. In 12 months, they've launched another community, which is now it's called Daddy Cool. So it's like for dads, right? That's doing pretty well. When they started, you know, the journey was very interesting because they were trying hard to monetize and, you know, the income was very sporadic. Like some months they would get some partnership opportunities on either the community. They also had a linked blog with like $100 or $200 a month. Like that also not consistent, sporadic income. And today they're at a monthly income of about $3,000. So in that range every month, of course, it requires a lot of hard work, right? So the community engagement is very high. They get brand partnerships where, you know, the performance is good because it's relevant to members. So there's a lot of hard work that's gone into it, but it just amazes me. And actually the admin, she actually wrote us a letter saying that how I built my small empire with Converseite. And, you know, those are some of the moments which just make us feel like every sort of ounce of effort that we're doing is so gratifying. So, yeah, that's sort of one example where not just, and we're seeing this behavior a lot that as they get success with one community, for growth, engagement, as they understand the science, right, as this whole thing of professionalizing, right, as they understand how to manage, plan and do it in lesser time, they also launch more communities. Yeah, I think it's awesome that you're empowering these community managers to be able to like build small empires or, you know, to become eventually massive empires. <laughs> and you know, there are people, again, who do it for free. I think it's great. And I think it's amazing that, you know, you can monetize a community like that. One other question that I wanted to discuss too is just the fact about like monetization, right? So we talked about this last time as well, but I want to dig deeper into it and like, When you monetize a community, how do you preserve like the authenticity 
of that community? How do you still keep that trust amongst your community members? Like what strategies do you tell your community managers to implement when thinking about monetization for it to be a sustainable business? Sure. I think that's a very good and a relevant question. And I do want to go back and first just mention on how did we start monetizing like this, right? It started because as we were looking at conversations and doing conversational insights, I was actually amazed to see that about 40% of conversations which were happening in parenting communities at the time of baby destination were all you know, around what products, right? So I'm a breastfeeding mother and I'm unable to breastfeed. What should I do? Like, you know, what should I do with the breast bump, right? So there are lots of questions around products and brands. Actually, about 40% conversations had this product and brand questions. And I was just very curious as to why are brands not engaging meaningfully to answer these questions? That's what really started the thought of even figuring out or reaching out to brands and saying that, where is it that you are interacting meaningfully with your consumer, right? Why not answer these questions? And I gave this context because this is exactly, you know, why sort of community marketing is successful. And I believe is going to scale a lot because first and foremost principle is it has to be relevant to the context of the community, right? So if it is a community which talks about automobiles and, you know, if, if a Kia Motors wants to talk to them or answer some questions, you know, that becomes super relevant. So it has to be very, very relevant to the context of the community. That's one so that the members see value in it. Second, the communication has to sort of the, the communication has to be based on the concerns of the members or what the members are talking about. So it cannot just be an ad which is sort of being posted in the community or, you know, just like sort of a sales pitch. That's not what it is. I mean, you answer the questions of your consumers and then if they're interested, they'll come and purchase the product. Right. So one is just relevance. And second is uh, what is that communication? And third is who is communicating? And is it done with proper disclaimers? So that's the third part where, you know, the admin communicates the message and it's done with proper disclaimers and disclosures. It's not like a covert marketing. And we've actually seen tremendous response because a lot of times, you know, brands are providing amazing value to communities, whether it's doing expert sessions or bringing the right information to them or bringing some exclusive offers so we've just seen like a very good response from members uh, so far. Initially, actually, it's interesting. There were certain some cases in which members were like, oh, now you're monetizing. And then other members are like, yeah, but then, you know, otherwise this is not charity. Like, why would the admin, you know, like, how would they sustain it? So it was very heartening to see that some members did, you know, that suddenly, oh, so are you working with this brand now? But then other members are like, yeah, but that's because, you know, she's doing all this work of managing the community. So that's sort of how it is. Yeah, I think community marketing definitely is like a long-term ballgame. It's a lot about like instilling trust in the users, regardless of like the resource. Yeah, it definitely has a different like impression than running an ad on like Facebook or instead of, you know, like giving out like free information, like a company giving out free information or um, answering questions authentically without wanting anything back. Right. So I think it will continue to only grow, especially as you see like companies, even like Sephora, they started growing the makeup company. They have their own community, right, of advocates exactly. talking about their beauty products and it's all peer to peer. So there definitely is trust instilled in these communities, which is great to see. My other question, too, is just around like the passion economy, because I think a lot of these community managers run these Facebook groups 
out of passion to like help the people around them. Do you think that the passion community will continue to grow with community management? Like it's going to be more of like an entrepreneurial thing that people will do and like work from home and be an entrepreneur at home running a community. Like where do you foresee that going? Yeah, so I think, again, very interesting question. And, you know, I know passion economy has now become like the buzzword, right, in the last few months. And it's very, very interesting because I think this whole shift from sort of knowledge to passion economy, it was happening, right, uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, it was happening at a faster pace. And then COVID has, of course, taken it to the next level. But we fundamentally believe that community creators are at the epitome of passion economy because it's so interesting to see like almost every, each one of them, like, you know, you listen to their stories and they start with part-time and they get so much into community management. They love it so much. A number of them have left their jobs. They start doing it full time without even thinking of how, you know, will we monetize or sustain? And then comes a point where they realize that this is what we love doing. Like every single day we get up and we're doing this. They're like entrepreneurs, I feel already. Like, you know, we have a persona called the aspiring entrepreneur. So when we chalked out our personas and that's that's sort of the persona, which is really 80% of the people that we talk to, right? So they already are aspiring community entrepreneurs and they themselves don't know it. But after a point of doing this full time, that's when they realize that, you know, there has to be a way to sort of sustain it, right? And have a means of income. So we believe that these individuals, they are discovering something about themselves, right? And it's very different from an individual creator, an individual who's creating, you know, music or who's creating content or who's creating like a product, which is different. Their superpower is connecting people. And it's a very, very special superpower to have. So that gratification they get from enabling people every single day just keeps them going. And, you know, now they understand that once they monetize it, then that's what they would do for a livelihood. So we believe this is like just sort of day one in this whole journey. Yeah, no, I think I completely agree with you on community builders. They definitely do it from their hearts. And I think it's great, again, that combo site is being able to have it become like their full-time job or have it sustainable as like something that they can do for the rest of their lives. I think to kind of, you know, like wrap up this interview, is there anything else that you want to kind of just talk about uh, for a combo site or just, you know, tell the audience members and it can be anything. Yeah, so I mean, all I want to say is that, you know, if anyone listening is already managing a community, you know, and looking for sort of and thinking of sustainability, just know that the world is opening up. And there are so many opportunities out there, whether it's, you know, through brand partnerships, or is it whether it's through your members supporting you, or you launching courses, or there's so many ways that you can think of sustainability, you know, and if there's people who are looking to start communities, whether it's for a personal sort of a hobby, or, or it's linked to a business right now, more than ever is the time to do so you took Sephora's example, a number of brands right now are launching their own Facebook groups, right, they want to co-create the space with their consumers and all legendary brands are backed by communities. So, you know, if there's people out there who are looking to build communities, then by all means, right now is the time to do it. And if you're a consumer facing brand, Facebook is the platform to build a community. And, you know, if you need any more information, just Converse. We do a lot of workshops, webinars, so happy to provide any sort of information on that. 
but this is the decade of communities, right? And we're just getting started. No, that's awesome to hear. And I will definitely link all of that great information uh, that you've mentioned into the article. So if you want to check it out, go ahead and just read the, the first paragraph in the article. I want to say thank you so much for giving us your insight into Convo's site. I know that it's Again, like you said, it's only just begun. The journey has just begun. And it's fascinating to see how communities around the world will continue to grow on a, on a global scale and become sustainable businesses. Thank you so much, Tamana. Thanks. Thanks, Emily. <laughs>